0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Good morning, friends. Welcome to our scripture prayer and reflection. Uh, you may recognize this set as one of the sets where we do our short spots, Pro-Life Minute. I taped some new ones of those yesterday. You'll start to see them getting deployed on social media, these Minute Pro-Life Reflections, and uh, uh, and I hope that they benefit you uh, as we enjoy doing them. So today, uh, I want to go to the Gospel reading uh, for assigned for the day because it has some powerful insights as to who Jesus is. Meanwhile, let's begin turning to Jesus, turning to the Father, asking the forgiveness of our sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for the beginning of this day, a day that you have made your own and that you have given to us, a day that we, Lord, can choose to make your own by our acts of virtue, our worship, our witness to your kingdom, and our defense of the gift of life. We want to make this day a sacrifice of praise, a fragrant aroma, as we discussed yesterday, to the praise and glory of your name. Make that happen, Lord. And to make that happen, we want to wipe our slate clean. As your word says, wash yourselves clean. Though your sins be like scarlet, they may become white as wool. And that's what we ask this morning, that as we begin a new day, the scars of guilt not accompany us, but rather a new, fresh heart and spirit cleansed of sin, and therefore we ask your forgiveness for all that we have done or that we have failed to do to offend you. Our failures offend you, Lord, when we fail to defend life, when we fail to practice our faith when we fail to respect and uplift and serve our neighbors in need. Lord, for these failures and omissions, we ask your forgiveness. And for all things that we have done that offend you, we ask your forgiveness as well. Give us a truly new day through Christ our Lord. Amen. It's one of the reasons I always like the early morning, you know, you go out in the freshness before the sun even rises and you have that sense of god's newness you know you think about it why did god make creation that way couldn't it have just been one long day but no that's not that doesn't fit with human nature because i mean he's made all of nature go into these cycles the animals sleep uh, we sleep the sun and the sun kind of sleeps you know as as it goes out of sight why did god make it that way he could have made it just one long day but no, that then too much accumulates, too much baggage accumulates that way. And uh, we find it difficult to, uh, uh, to continue on. We have to have constant refreshing, constant renewing, constant starting again. And that's true in the spiritual as well as the physical realm. All right, let's read the gospel passage of today, which comes to us from the gospel of Mark in chapter 8. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, you are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Yet behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Well, brothers and sisters, that's the gospel reading for today. How would you have liked to hear, and I wonder what they were, because the gospel doesn't record the words that Peter said to Jesus and this encounter. Boy, I would like to know those words because I suspect that they would be very similar to what some people say today, who are involved ostensibly in the the work of spreading the gospel, who may even be religious leaders, but who don't want anybody to reject them. They don't want anyone to get angry at them. They don't want anyone to crucify them. They don't want anybody to be divided They don't want any disruption. They don't want any rocking of the boat. Isn't this the implication of this this passage? I mean, we do hear in in the other account of this incident, Peter saying, God forbid that this should ever happen to you, that you should go to the cross. But, I mean, this is the kind of thing we hear today all the time. I've quoted for you in past broadcasts letters that bishops have written to their priests, Saying they shouldn't say anything that would anger or divide the people, and that's part of what bishops have complained about, about me. That, oh, but you know you're undertaking too much of a too much a divisive uh, uh, rhetoric. Listen, Jesus said the Son of Man must be rejected. This kind of pastoral planning that says let's find how to, let's find figure out how to get everybody to like us is t- severely misguided. It's not even Christian. The Christian approach is knowing that by proclaiming the truth, you're going to get your head chopped off. You're going to get thrown into a cistern like Jeremiah the prophet. You're going to get. Uh, Driven into the desert like Elijah the prophet, you're gonna get your head chopped off like John the Baptist, the greatest of the prophets. And lo and behold, people compare Jesus to these figures. Who do people say that I am? Up oh, John the Baptist. Let's start with him: the last and greatest of all the prophets, the cousin of Jesus, and the one who introduced to the world, the Lamb of God, who takes away our sins. Earlier in the same gospel from which this passage is taken, we read in chapter 3 about John the Baptist's preaching. And uh, let me uh, go to where that is. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Luke's gospel. Hold on a second. Luke chapter 3. When John begins preaching, it's eh, not exactly a uh, language that you would call uh, conciliatory. Verse 7, he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. That's quite a way to start a sermon, right? You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits that befit repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able to raise from these stones children for, for, of Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees, Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. There's the preaching of John the Baptist. And some people said that Jesus so reminded them of John that they thought he was John, come back from the dead. Even Herod said that when he was listening to Jesus. John, and remember, Herod beheaded John. Why? Because he called him out on adultery. Oh, don't preach about sin. Oh, don't preach about anything that might offend people or hurt people or anger people. And John the Baptist is there saying to the king, it is wrong for you to have your brother's wife because that's what was going on. And he called out the adultery. He defended marriage. Gee, isn't that a a pastoral necessity for today? He defended marriage and got his head chopped off. Who do people say that I am, Jesus asked. Some say John the Baptist. Wow. Jesus must have had quite a a firm and strong style of preaching, wouldn't you say? And then he goes on. Others say Elijah. Well, let's look a little bit about Elijah. You go to the first book of Kings in the Old Testament. You go to chapter 17. You know, the, the, the prophets challenged the kings, right? They challenged civil authority. This is one of the things that so many of the, our modern-day religious leaders precisely don't want us to do. Oh, you're too political, too political, too political. Yeah, well, maybe you're not biblical enough. Elijah, 1 Kings 17, Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab was the king, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Wow, Elijah takes control. Of course, God is the one he's appealing to. And God has appointed him. There's not going to be any rain unless I say so. Imagine saying that to the king. And then that's, in fact, what comes to pass. So then later on in chapter 18, we read in verse 17, uh, When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? Who do people say that I am? Some say Elijah, the troubler of Israel. Oh, don't say anything that's going to trouble God's people. Don't preach anything that's going to divide them. Don't say anything that's going to make them angry. Is it you, O troubler of Israel? And Elijah answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. By the way, following the Baals included killing children. Just like the kings of today, kings in quotations, the politicians of today, Like Biden and Pelosi, you want to claim to follow Christ and even practice the Catholic faith, and they slaughter babies. They push, they lobby, they call for, they they pronounce as good more and more and more killing of babies. And then, Elijah says, Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, and the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Elijah stands up and he says, bring all these prophets of Baal, all these advocates of child sacrifice and false worship and idolatry, bring them here. And then remember what happened? He challenged them to call down fire from heaven. The prophets. Call it if Baal is real. Because he said to the people, you have to decide today whether you're going to serve the Lord or you're going to serve Baal. So he says to the prophets, call down fire. And let me read what happens. And they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar which they had made. And at noon, now remember, Some people thought that Jesus was Elijah. So look at the behavior and look at the style of preaching. Look at the pastoral approach of Elijah, okay? You're going to understand Jesus. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he has gone aside or he is on a journey or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. By the way, you look at the translation. And it says, maybe he's using the bathroom. Elijah is mocking them. And the the, the the passage goes on, and they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on about the till about the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice, no one answered, and no one was listening. All right, so then Elijah calls on the true God, by the way, Elijah's name means my God is Yahweh. He calls on Yahweh, and the true God sends down fire upon the altar. So now the people said, oh, the Lord is God, the Lord is God. They knew at that point whom they had to follow. But what did Elijah, and you know when, when this passage is read in church, the last part of the passage that I'm about to read now is always excluded but it's just as much the word of God and it's just as much the character of Elijah. Let me go to it. It says, when all the people saw it, the fire come down. They fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and killed them. Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist. Others, Elijah. You think Jesus was passing out flowers and marshmallows when he ministered in his public preaching? Lord, let us turn to you. Lord, awaken us to the truth about who Jesus is, about the strength and the clarity. The courage, the tenacity, the determination with which we must bear witness to your kingdom. Lord, give us the opportunity to be prophets. You have made us prophets in Christ by our baptism. You have given us also many things in our world that we must denounce, many evil practices that we must expose, starting with the killing of children by abortion. Elijah exposed the prophets of Baal and put them to death. So evil were their practices. John the Baptist exposed the evil, adulterous actions of the king had his head cut off. Lord, why do we expect to be liked? Why do we plan our preaching of the gospel based on how much people are going to applaud us? Why do we say to one another that we should not get your people angry? Why is it, Lord God, that we think division is a bad thing? the division between the light and the darkness, between those who believe and those who don't believe. Your word says that we are to proclaim the gospel to every creature, that those who believe and are baptized will be saved, and that those who do not believe will be condemned. Why, Lord, are we afraid of that division? Why do we somehow think that we are called to bring together just a one big feel-good gathering? Lord God, your church has never been about that. Your kingdom has never been about that. Your commission to the prophets has never been about that. The mission of Jesus Christ and the gospel have never been about that. It's about bringing people salvation. It's about opening to people the path to eternal life, which is a straight and narrow path, and few there are who find it. But wide and easy is the path that leads to destruction, and many are they who take it. Bless us today, Lord God, that we may understand the challenge of the gospel, that we may understand the challenge of Jesus, that we embrace the truth, that we proclaim it, and that in doing so we take up our cross and follow the one who was rejected, the one who was crucified. Let us never make the mistake that Peter made and advocate for an approach that never offends anybody. God, deliver us from that because Jesus called Peter Satan at that moment. He called him Satan because Satan is the deceiver. Satan is the one who wants us to be quiet. Satan is the one who wants us never to rebuke the king For the killing of children or the practice of adultery. Satan is the one who wants us to just keep everybody happy and never show them the path to salvation. Satan is the one who says, never get crucified, never go to the cross, never get rejected, never get criticized, never, never, never. Lord God, protect us from the ways of Satan and enable us to embrace the ways of Jesus and the prophets. And now we pray together for one another's intentions and for all our needs in the words that he gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, uh, thanks very much for joining me for this uh, this reflection. And uh, I'm praying for you today. We, uh, we are having our meeting of leaders here uh, for strategizing for the... Uh, Uh, Important questions that are facing the pro-life movement So we have them here gathered at our Preach for Life headquarters If you saw my social media post last night You saw that we got off to a good start Welcoming leaders from all different segments of the movement In fact, I interviewed one of them on my program for last night Stay tuned to our other broadcasting uh, for today And and remember, be strong in the Lord Bearing witness to the truth Um, Obviously we are not authorized to do any Violence. Uh, we were talking about Elijah there, and, and uh, putting the prophets of Baal uh, to death. But uh, of course, uh, he he's not giving us uh, an example for uh, doing anything like that. But indeed, for being strong in in uh, witnessing to the word of God, even to the point of making people very, very uncomfortable, very, very angry. Uh, continue to bear that witness with the the Spirit of Christ, with the determination of Christ, and with the joy of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk to you soon. May the Lord Jesus bless us, protect us, and give us his peace. Amen.